The Productive Woman, Episode 310. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me and welcome. This week we are talking about productivity and a life well lived. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 310. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander and Indeed. If you spend a lot of time typing or copying and pasting certain things over and over, you're going to want to check out Text Expander and take back that time. You can visit textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year. And I'll share a little bit more about this really phenomenal productivity tool a little later in the episode. You know, resilience is defined as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, and it's as crucial in business as it is in health. If you're in charge of hiring, resilience should be in every job description. Whether you're ready to make your next important hire or need some rehiring tips, Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because it gives you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search just that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering the Productive Woman listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So you can try Indeed out with that free $75 credit at indeed.com slash tpw. That's indeed, I-N-D-E-E-D, indeed.com slash tpw. And this is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now. It's only valid through September 30th of 2020. So you don't want to wait if you're in a position to be hiring someone. Uh, go to indeed.com slash tpw. And of course, turn Terms and conditions apply, which are explained there on the website. Okay, let's get into our main topic. A week or so ago, we talked about, maybe it was more than a week or so ago, but recently we talked about how to have a good week. And, you know, those were some thoughts that I had on that subject, some things we can do to get ourselves off to a good start, to have a good week. And I've been thinking a lot lately, kind of going beyond that, about what it means to me to make a life that matters, how to picture what it means in concrete terms and how to implement that in day-to-day life. It is so easy 
to get absorbed in that day to day and lose sight of the bigger picture, those things that matter most to us, unless we intentionally make time and opportunities to remind ourselves of why we're doing the things we do. And to me, this is kind of an extension or another piece of what we talked about in that episode on how to have a good week. Now, thinking about it on purpose, about what matters to us and how we can make sure our daily lives reflect those priorities is important. But if we just sit down to think about it, we might find that our mind is just blank. So I think it's helpful to come up with ways to spur our thinking about this, about what it means to us to make a life that matters and how we'll know that we've lived our life well and bring those pieces into clear focus. And so for me, one way to think about that, to kind of get my mind going of, okay, so how do I live today so that I will feel that I've lived uh, my life well and made a life that matters. One way for me to think about that is to imagine that I'm at the end of my life looking back. What would it mean to me? What would make me feel that I'd lived my life well and made a life that matters? So that is the big picture piece of it that I wanted to talk about today you know, we'll get, we get into often we talk on this show and lots of productivity shows talk about the nitty gritty of planning our days and getting things done and all that sort of thing. And that those are all important. And we will continue to talk about those and get really practical on how we can accomplish each day, the things that we want to. But in order for me, at least to reach the end of my life and feel like I've lived my life well, and I've made a life that matters, I need to keep a bigger picture in mind. And that's what I'm talking about, I guess, this week. So what is that big picture for me? What does a life well lived look like to me if I you know, picture myself at the end of my life, looking back, how will I know that I've lived my life well? For me, a life well lived, a life that matters is a life that reflects those things that I truly value, the guiding principles of my life, those things that are easy to you know, kind of lose sight of when we're just trying to get the things done that need to get done, get the laundry done, get our, you know, that report written for work and deal with our clients, do whatever the things that we are doing each day. It's easy to lose sight of those, but it's important for me to remember them. So if I was to picture a life that has been well lived, what would it look like? For me, First of all, the first thing that came to mind for me as I was thinking about this recently is that it a, a life well lived, a life that matters, reflects integrity. It was lived with integrity. And I looked up a definition for integrity, and there are lots of synonyms for it or lots of pieces of what it means to live with integrity. It means honesty, uprightness, rectitude, honor, honorableness, good character, ethics, morals, morality, nobility, high-mindedness, virtue, decency, fairness, sincerity, truthfulness, and trustworthiness. 
And in order for me to feel that I have lived my life well and made a life that matters, those things would need to be reflected in that life that I look at. And uh, I'm going to talk in a minute about how we can keep these things top of mind, first of all, and how we can implement them in our day-to-day life. But right now, I just want to kind of identify, for me, what what those components are, those elements of a life well-lived are. Yours may be different, but these are what came to mind as I was thinking about it. So first of all, integrity and all that that means. Second of all, a life well-lived, a life that matters, reflects authenticity, being my true self. Now, to me, this doesn't mean simply accepting those characteristics that I may have naturally that are maybe shall we say, less than admirable. And I have them. We all have them. We all have things about ourselves that if we're honest, you know, we're not particularly proud of ways that we react to things and ways we interact with other people. And I don't think authenticity means just saying, oh, that's just the way I am. I, you know, I, yeah, I hurt people's feelings because I just speak the truth. I just say what's on my mind. And that's all part of me being authentic. Well, to me, authenticity doesn't preclude seeking to improve and do better. It just means not pretending to be someone you're not. Authenticity means risking being vulnerable enough to let others see you for who you are. And I think this is important. Uh, Brene Brown in her books talks uh, often about how essential vulnerability is to connection. Many of us don't naturally want to be vulnerable. By definition, it means we are vulnerable to being hurt, whether it's physically or emotionally or whatever. But authenticity for me means risking that because, uh, as I'll talk about in a minute, connection with other people is, is extremely important to me. It's important to all of us. It is, as, as Brene says, we are wired for connection. But as I said, authenticity doesn't mean just saying, hey, that's how I am. If you don't like it, you know, lump it. That's not what I mean by being authentic. Part of being authentic for me is looking to be my best self, not hiding my faults and my failures and my foibles because I have them, but but being willing to work on those things to try to do better, to incorporate kindness with my honesty and those sorts of things. So integrity, authenticity, those are two things that are very important elements to me of a life well-lived, that my day-to-day life would reflect those things. The third thing that came to mind as I was thinking about this is that a life well-lived for me will have resulted in a, a legacy, if you will, of contribution to the well-being of those I love and of the larger world. So 
it's important to me to make a difference. We've talked about in the past when when I define a productive woman, it's not the woman who gets the most stuff done, but our definition that we work from on this podcast and that I try to work from in my life is that a productive woman is a woman who orders her life in such a way as to maximize her positive impact on the world around her. And that sums up what I'm trying to talk about here. Contribution to the world. It's not, we're not here just to, you know, consume, whether it's food or stuff or whatever, but to contribute to the world, to create something by our presence in the world um, that leaves the world better than it was, that leaves the people we interact with better off than they were before they met us. And that's, Uh, for me applies to whether it's, you know, my husband, my children, my grandchildren, you, the, the people I work with in my law practice and the clerk at the grocery store and the, you know, everybody I come in contact with. I want to look back on my life and be able to say, I did the best I could with the resources I had available to me emotionally, mentally, you know, physically to make the world a better place for the people who came in contact with me. So that legacy of contribution for me is an important part of a life well lived. The fourth thing is kind of related to that. Um, For me to feel that I've lived my life well and made a, a, a life that matters, a meaningfully productive life, I will have put people ahead of things. Um, so, so that life includes deep and lasting relationships. Specifically, of course, my husband, who, you know, we've been together for 40 plus years now. My children and their children, the friends that are brought into my life. I, I want to nurture those relationships And I don't always do a very good job of it because it's very easy if you are thinking about productivity and getting things done and, you know, achieving goals and all of that to get so focused on that, that you kind of, I don't know if neglect is the word I want here, but you, you lose sight of the importance of those relationships which for me are the reason I'm doing the things I'm doing to, you know, going back to that legacy of contribution. I want to be productive in the sense of getting stuff done uh, as a means and a tool to making a better world for the people I love and developing those relationships that motivate me and sustain me. And then the fifth thing that I thought about as I was, you know, kind of trying to decide what are the elements for me of a life well lived? The fifth one that came to mind was uh, that it will have reflected my faith in God and and my faithfulness to my understanding of what he teaches. And, you know, it, that's going to be different for everybody. The elements of a life well lived may be different for everybody, but this is one of mine. It is a kind of bedrock principle for me, a key component of my life. And I want my day-to-day life to reflect that. And so those are just five things that I thought of that I would share with you as uh, examples of what came to my mind as I sat down and thought about this question of what does a life well-lived 
a life that matters look like for me? So if I want to reach the end of my life and look back at a life well lived, that is a life that reflects these elements that I just talked about, I have to incorporate them into my day-to-day life, right? They have to be reflected by choices I make and actions I take on the day-to-day. So how do I do that? And there are lots of ways, if I'm keeping these five elements that I just talked about as key components of a life well-lived, I have to take action on them as do you, as you think about what to you constitute the elements of a life well-lived, identifying them first is, is an important step, but then how does that get reflected in your life? How do you incorporate them into your day-to-day life so that your life becomes that life well-lived? And there are lots of different ways we can do that. So for me, for example, as I thought about uh, integrity, how can I um, implement that priority, that value in my day-to-day life as I go through my day? I can let integrity guide my actions toward others And in my dealings, you know, in the world, whether or not people can see, because a person with integrity does the right thing, whether anybody sees it or not. And so if I want to let integrity guide my actions towards others in my dealings in business and in my, my just everyday life, then I need to think about, you know, what does integrity mean? That honesty, that uprightness, that honorableness, the ethics of choices that we make and actions that we take, the decency, the fairness, the sincerity, the truthfulness, the trustworthiness. Am I uh, acting in ways towards other people that reflect those components of integrity? And, you know, this requires an awareness and a self-awareness and an ability to be honest with myself of as I'm you know, just going about my life and uh, making choices about things to say or not to say, things to do or not to do, am I letting these things guide those choices? And again, you have to be pretty self-aware and pretty intentional about this, but you can do it, okay? Uh, For me, then authenticity was another one. How can I implement that in my daily life so that at the end of my life, I can say, yes, I lived my life well. For authenticity to be implemented in my life, I need to be willing to be vulnerable, showing my true self to the people that I interact with. And hopefully my best self, my true self getting better each day as I intentionally work on minimizing my faults and using my strengths. Uh, But being willing to be vulnerable, let people see who I am. And for me specifically, and the way that I implement this is to, again, watch myself, to be aware of when I'm posturing or hiding out of a desire to protect myself from judgment and to not do that. Am I, when I post on social media, am I presenting only the, you know, sanitized version of who I am and what I think and how I act? Or am I being real? And I'm not suggesting that we need to just, you know, wallow in our 
our weaknesses and, you know, display them on social media for people we don't care about. But you, you, I think you get what I'm saying here. For me, this is part of making sure that I am being my authentic self and being open and honest and vulnerable with the people in my life. As far as the contribution piece of it, a life that that includes that legacy of contribution, there are a couple of things that come to mind here, ways that I can implement that in my life. I can look for ways to serve others, to make their lives better, to do a kindness for them, or to make their life a little little bit better. Uh, One thought that came to mind as I was thinking about this is an email I very recently got from someone in the productive woman community um, named Rachel. And I loved what she had to say. She, she emailed me about several things, but in the, in her email, she said this, that just really inspired me. She says with working more from home and my 16 year old daughter taking online school courses, our lives like everyone else's are a bit topsy turvy from our previous normal routines. Just last week, I looked at my daughter who was feeling lazy on the couch and I said, look, come on, let's go make some of our older, lonely friends happier today. So off we went to the local grocery store and put together some simple care packages of goodies, small treats, chocolate covered almonds, Pepperidge Farm cookies, flowers, a thinking of you card, that sort of thing. She says, we texted about four of our friends and asked if it was okay to just simply drop off a care package at their door. We had the best visits we'd had in months that day with some of our friends. We did it safely with masks on about 20 feet away from each other and outside, of course. By the time we were through with our visits, I could tell my daughter and I had more energy and positive attitudes that truly did help with our productivity for the whole week. Um, We received lots of texts from everyone two days after our visits thanking us. So we are ready for our next round of visits from a distance. And I just found this so moving and so inspiring. What a simple thing to do in this time as, as I'm recording this, and maybe as you're listening to it, we're still in the midst of a worldwide pandemic of the coronavirus. And People are isolated and have been for weeks or months. And what a simple little thing to do, both to brighten your own day, but to do that by helping someone else make their life better. And this is the kind of thing I'm talking about, that I want to look for opportunities to do things like this as part of my, that whole Um, creating that legacy of contribution, contributing to the welfare of other people. Simple, doesn't cost a lot of money, doesn't take a lot of time, but can make a huge difference in someone else's life. Even something as simple as, you know, when you're checking out your groceries at the grocery store, actually looking the, the checkout person in the eyes and, and smiling at her or him, even if they can't see your smile behind a mask, but smiling and saying something kind to them, that tacit acknowledgement that I see you, you're a human being, you're not just someone who's serving me. Those sorts of things are important, I think, in contributing to the welfare of people around you. And so important as part of a life well lived. Also in this area of contribution for me, 
uh, one of the things I can do to implement that besides just looking for these, you know, acts of kindness that I can do also to develop my skills and talents and put them to use for the benefit of other people. And so for me, that includes my writing skills, my teaching skills, all that sort of thing, but using them, developing them, getting better at them so that I can use them to make the world a better place. Uh, the element of putting people ahead of things and, and schedules and all that sort of thing, putting people first, the ways I can implement that in my day to day life include for me, one, one thing that I want to work on is paying attention to myself again and noticing when I've gotten too busy to pay attention when someone's talking to me, uh, work on being more present in conversations. I am, as I know you may be as well. Many women are, you know, we think of in terms of multitasking and we're having a conversation while we're doing something else. And maybe, you know, we're talking to a person, we're doing something, preparing dinner or whatever. And maybe even at that, our mind is somewhere else thinking about the things we need to do next. And we're only half there. So one of the things I want to work on is just being more present in conversations, recognizing that sometimes you need to put down, you know, the laundry you're folding and look your child or your husband in the eyes while they talk to you and be present and be there, be listening, be engaged in that conversation. That is something I need to do. I need to work on. And it's important to me to do that as a part of, you know, a life well lived. Also in this element of putting people first, I want to be able to open my home as well as my heart to others and make my home a welcoming space. Part of that for me is an ongoing mission to pare down my belongings so I spend less time caring for them and pare down my commitments so I'm not as busy, both so that I have more time to spend with people I care about. I'm probably going to talk about this more in a future episode, but one thing that uh, I was thinking about as I was preparing this episode and thinking about this whole thing of having less stuff so that you have more time to spend with the people you care about. You know, I was thinking about this whole concept of minimalism and I am reading a book, I think it's called the minimalist home or something like that. It's, I think it's Joshua Becker is one of the authors. It's not so much minimalism in the sense of getting rid of everything you have, but I, I was listening to a, a YouTube video this morning while I was on the treadmill and I'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes to this woman. She's a, in Australia and she was talking about intentionalism versus minimalism. So it's not about getting rid of all your stuff, but being intentional about the things you do have in your space and you know what it contributes to your life and the lives and well-being of the people who come into your home or your office or wherever. And I really liked that idea. So it's not like I'm getting rid of all my stuff, but I'm trying to be more intentional about what I have in my home and where I put it and uh, how it contributes to a welcoming environment here. And to me, that's all part of putting people first. 
And finally, the the element of faith and faithfulness. For me, I can uh, incorporate that into my life and implement that priority, that value, by making time every day to read the Bible, read inspirational books, to reinforce those key teachings, and actively look for ways to live them out, to put them, them into practice in my life. So that's just an example that I wanted to offer you for ways that uh, you can think about what does a life well lived, a life that matters look like to you? What, uh, if you reach the end of your life and, you know, look back, how, how will you know if your life has been well lived? And then identifying those, those priorities, those elements of a life well lived, and then thinking about, practical, specific ways to implement them into your day-to-day life. Because whatever our life becomes in the big picture sense, it's made up of those actions we take every day. And so to, to bring it down to earth and out of the ether, we need to think about what is what is that element, that priority, that value mean in terms of how I live my life today? right now, this minute. So in order to do that, it's important to to identify those values, those elements, however you want to name them, and keep them in mind because we can sit down and, you know, write out our list of values and priorities. uh, But if we don't keep them in mind, they get lost in the day-to-day shuffle. So how do you keep that big picture in mind so you can achieve that objective of a life well-lived by what you do each day? And so a couple of things that came to mind for me, things I that I want to do that might be helpful to you. The first one, of course, is purposely schedule time to think about it, to think about those elements and how they translate into goals and actions. And there's lots of ways to do that on a sort of daily basis. If you have those values written out, your mission statement maybe, or or just your big picture goals, have those written down and just make it part of your morning or evening routine to reread them. Just have them written somewhere and pull them out as part of that routine to look at them again and remind yourself, this is these are what you know, my aspirational values, what, whatever you want to say there, uh, maybe to journal about them, what they, what each of them means to you and brainstorm ideas of how can I implement that in my life today? Some people rewrite them each day as part of their journaling practice, and that can be helpful. So that's on a daily basis monthly or quarterly, maybe take a half day, a Saturday morning or a Sunday afternoon to review them in detail, to reevaluate them, tweak the wording a little bit, recalibrate and set yourself up for the coming month or quarter, however you want to do that. And even, and this is something I've wanted to do for a long time, to schedule for yourself an annual retreat. Maybe it's just a full day where you go to the beach or a park or somewhere beautiful or a weekend where you get away to a hotel if you can do something like that. But an annual retreat, personal retreat for reflection, for inspiration, for planning for the coming year 
one of the things that I would love to do for you, if this is something that you're interested in, it's something I've thought about before, but is to open up my home for uh, an annual retreat for just, you know, three or four women, plus me, uh, where we spend some time together and then separately reflecting on the year past, reflecting on these uh, elements of a life well lived or our, our mission statement or however we want to denominate it, um, do some inspirational reading and conversations and planning for the coming year. If that's something you're interested in, would you email me? You can um, just email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. It's something I've been thinking about for some time, and I realize it's tricky uh, nowadays and until, you know, the the powers that be sort of release us to uh, socialize more and, and with with people that we don't live with. It may not be possible to do it in person, but uh, this is something I, I, I would love to gather with a small group of women to do something like this. And if you think it's something you'd be interested in, shoot me an email and let me know. As you purposely schedule time to think about it, so I've kind of broken it down on an annual kind of big picture recalibration, that monthly or quarterly review, and then the daily, just rereading them and reminding yourself, this is who I want to be. This is what matters to me. Uh, there are some questions you can that can help kind of guide that thinking for you uh, to help you flesh out um, what you really want. And I'm, I'm going to try to put together probably not uh, as soon as this episode is published, but soon put together a resource that I'll make available through the productivewoman.com website on the resource page that will have kind of some questions for guiding this thinking. But I have been recently reading Courtney Carver's new book, uh, Project 33. Uh, the subtitle is The Minimalist Fashion Challenge That Proves Less is Really is So Much More. Uh, and it's about, you know, your wardrobe and that sort of thing. But she has some great stuff in there um, that I think applies here. And these are questions that you can ask yourself as you're having your time to think about what you value and, you know, who you want to be in the world. So some of the questions she has you uh, in, invites her readers to ask are, who do you love? What do you care about? What or who makes you laugh so hard you cry? What's that one thing you've been wanting to try but have never gotten around to? How do you take care of yourself? If you had more time each day, how would you spend it? How about each week, each year? If you had less stress and more calm in your life, how would you feel? What causes are you passionate about? What do you do out of obligation instead of genuine interest? What are three things you said yes to recently when you wanted to say no? Ooh, that's a good one. If you invested the time, money, and energy that you used on shopping, sales, and building your wardrobe into something that really mattered, what would you create? So those are just a few of the questions that she asked. And I think journaling your answers to those questions could help guide you in identifying what those elements of a life well lived are for you. So purposely scheduling time to think about it, to keep those top of mind. Second thing you can do to keep those elements, um, those values 
in front of you a lot and, and, and present in your thinking is to read or listen to books that inspire you to think about your values and about what matters to you. And there are any number of those, but, you know, making that part of your regular routine to, to get that inspiration, things that, um, make you think about what matters most. I have found uh, Ryan Holiday's book, The Daily Stoic, to be very thought-provoking along these lines. It just has short daily readings, um, you know, a quote from the teachings of the ancient Stoics, and then a very brief commentary on it. So it's a, you know, five, 10-minute read at most, but something that can give you something to think about as you're considering you know, what your values are and what makes a, a meaningful life for you. I've recently also been listening to Teach Us to Want by Jen Pollock Michel. Um, now, she writes from a Christian perspective about the meaning, the value, and the misuse of desire, not, not in a physical sense, but just the wanting part of us. And it very much has me thinking about what I want and what's behind the wanting, what's driving that. So those are a couple of books that have really helped me kind of keep my most important values and priorities top of mind. Another way you can do it is to find artwork or, you know, whether it's paintings or printed quotes that reflect those elements that are important to you and incorporate those into your decor at your home or your office so that you're always seeing the words or the images that inspire you to think about those things. I would encourage you to, you know, move them around, change them periodically because anything that's, you know, on our walls or in our space for very long, we kind of stop seeing it and it doesn't serve its purpose as well. Uh, fourth thing you can do is what I've mentioned before, as you sit and ponder, you know, what matters and what does it mean to you to have a life well lived, do what I was talking about, picture yourself at the end of your life and maybe have your future self write a letter to your now self about what your future self would like your current self to know. Don't censor yourself just, you know, write whatever comes to mind and then keep that letter where you can reread it often and keep it in mind as you plan your week. And finally, you might consider having an accountability partner with whom you check in regularly. And this would need to be someone that you trust absolutely to be vulnerable with, to share what really matters. And she will share the same with you. And you check in periodically to say, how are, how's it going? How are you feeling about how you're implementing these things in your life? Or you can ask, you know, each other for ideas. There's this concept that I want, this value, this principle that's so important to me, but I feel like I'm not living it out. What suggestions can you come up with to help me today to live that value? So those are some suggestions. And, you know, perhaps it's because as the years go by for all of us, but, you know, I get closer to the end of my life than the beginning of the life. But I do think often about whether I'm making good use of my life here on earth. The good thing is, you know, as I sort of encouraged myself this week, we don't have to wait until the end to know whether we're living our life well. With intentional thinking and action, we can 
literally make every day count. And I encourage you to do so. So those are my thoughts. What do you think? What would you include in the elements of a life well lived? And how do you make sure your day-to-day life reflects those elements? I truly would love to hear from you about this. You can share your thoughts on this in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 310. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. Even better, if you are a member of the Productive Woman Facebook community or the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's a great place to share this because whatever you post is visible only to those of us who are already in that group. And I think it would be a wonderful thing for us to encourage each other in these things in that group. If you'd rather share your thoughts on this topic with me privately or any other topic for that matter, as always, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I truly would love to hear from you. All right, before we go, I want to say a quick word about our longtime sponsor, Text Expander. If you've listened to this podcast for more than a minute, you know how I feel about Text Expander. I, it is has been one of my essential productivity tools for many years, long before they became a sponsor of the show. And um, I, I use it many, many, many times every day. And one of the other things that's great about it, other than just the personal benefit, is they have Text Expander for teams. And so if you run a team in your business or your you know, nonprofit or, or anything like that, you can supercharge your team with the power of Text Expander. Your team can do more with the same resources, less repetition, fewer errors, and greater consistency will have your... F- team feeling like they've hopped off a bicycle and into a Ferrari. Keep your team consistent, accurate, and current in the way they communicate. You can share text and images with the whole staff to keep them on track. Everyone will share the same message and give the same answers to all customer questions and you'll all be able to work faster and smarter. You can use Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. Create powerful snippets to save you time so that all you type is a short abbreviation and Text Expander expands it and does the rest of that typing for you. If you're working with a team, you can keep that whole team communicating efficiently and with consistent language by sharing your snippets of messaging, signatures, and descriptions with everyone who works on projects with you. Text Expander is available on pretty much every platform. It's available on the Mac, Windows-based computers, Chrome, iPhone, iPad. It's wherever you need to work, you're going to find Text Expander there. And you can visit textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year. That's what they're offering to you as a listener of The Productive Woman. I, if you are not already using Text Expander and you spend any time typing, whether just for yourself or your, your business team, I encourage you to check out Text Expander by visiting textexpander.com slash podcast, and you'll get that 20% off your first year when you subscribe. 
If you are responsible for hiring for your business or company, remember that Indeed is offering you a free $75 credit on their job posting sites to, to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with that free $75 credit by going to indeed.com slash TPW. This is their best offer anywhere. And if you go right now, you'll get to try it out and get that $75 credit. That again is indeed.com slash TPW. So they'll know we sent you terms and conditions apply and the offer is valid only through September 30th of 2020. So don't wait. Thank you so much to Indeed and Text Expander for supporting the productive woman. And that is it for this episode of the productive woman. As always, I am so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I, I say that every week, but I hope you know it comes from my heart. I hope you found something in this episode that is helpful or encouraging to you. I look forward to hearing from you and your thoughts on this topic. And I also look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and certainly to yourself and go make your life matter. <music>